Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm so excited that you're here right now. Today, we are kicking off the very first of the podcasting series. And I'm doing this because, as you know, the Biz Women Rock Podcast is coming to an end. And I really wanted to pay homage to this incredible tool, this incredible technology that has allowed me to reach into your life. And I'm doing that through interviewing an amazing collection of women who have had their own podcasts, some for just a year or so and some for many, many, many years like you're going to discover today. Because I wanted to share with you how powerful this platform really is, how beautiful and life-giving this platform is and can be, not only for you, but for your business. So if you have never considered a podcast, considered starting a podcast, this is still something very relevant to listen to as it pertains to just a tool that you might be able to use, whether it's a podcast or something else. But as relative is a tool that you choose can work in your business. And so I'm just really excited to share this entire series with you. And I also want to make sure that you know about PodFest Expo. PodFest Multimedia Expo. It is coming up March 6th through 8th in Orlando, Florida. That's 2020. And I wanted to share this with you for two big, big reasons. Number one is because, full disclosure, if you did not already know this, my husband is the founder and creator of PodFest Multimedia Expo, and I'm a little biased. Okay, I'm a lot biased. However, I have watched this man build and create community for almost 11 years now, and there is no one who does it better. So this is for you if you are a podcaster, if you're thinking about podcasting, or if you're a content creator in general, and you want to learn how to create content that reaches an audience, and you want to connect with so many amazing people. He is phenomenal at structuring education that really fits your needs and creating an environment that allows you to feel like a part of the family, which you're going to hear about a little bit today. Tina's going to talk a little bit about what PodFest has meant to her and how she just felt like she was a part of the family from the get-go. So go to podfestexpo.com. I'm going to put a link in the show notes and go check it out. Go sign up. I would love, love, love to see you there. I would love to give you a big hug. Podfestexpo.com. Make it. It's going to be amazing. March 6th through 8th in Orlando, Florida, 2020. Okay. So kicking off our podcasting series today is the fabulous Tina Conroy of the Intuitive Woman Podcast. I've had the privilege of walking beside Tina on her podcasting journey the past few years as her coach and as a mastermind leader of hers and as a friend. And I can tell you that she's one of the most dedicated podcasters I've ever met. As a matter of fact, she has been podcasting in some form since 2011. Tina is an intuitive, a Reiki master, a yoga teacher, and a healer. She helps women connect deeper to their intuition so they can be more aligned with themselves and live lives that truly bring them joy. She does this through her intuitive coaching programs, her live yoga sessions, her virtual Reiki and virtual reading sessions, and her live retreats. So during our conversation today, Tina's sharing how her entire podcasting and business journey had a massive change when she attended PodFest in 2017. And what happened? She's sharing how changing her brand into the intuitive woman versus the brand that it was before was so much more than just a name change that it actually forced her to step confidently into that brand because she was now actually the intuitive woman. 
She shares about the very first moment that she got a client because of her podcast and what that actually felt like. She also shares a few ways that she's experimented with her podcast to grow her client base and fill her programs. We also talk about how she's creatively positioned content in order to have her listeners invest in her live retreats, and then how she's leveraged the retreats themselves in order to create more creative content that she purposefully places in her podcast. And lastly, she talks about what she loves most about podcasting and why she continues to show up to do it after all of these years. What I love about Tina and what I hope is apparent as you listen is that she continues to allow herself and her business to evolve and how brilliantly she's leveraged her podcast to lead that beautiful blossoming. So let's get into our conversation with Tina. All right, Tina. I want to take you back to the moment in 2017 when you showed up to PodFest. It was the first time that you had showed up to PodFest. And by that point, by 2017, you had already been, I'm making air quotes, podcasting or doing radio since 2011. First with Spirit Chat Girls. And then in 2014, you... Uh, created a show called Get Into It with Tina Conroy, Into It meaning intuition. And so you'd been doing that. By the time you showed up to PodFest, it had been six years off and on of you showing up and doing a radio show. So you really, in my mind, I was like, oh my gosh, like she is the expert because she's been doing this for so long. She knows all this stuff. And yet you showed up to PodFest 2017. What happened for you there that shifted everything? Well, first of all, PodFest changed everything for me. I would never have gone to PodFest if it wasn't for you. And I'm so, so grateful for that. You were in my ears through Biz Woman Rock. And I felt so connected to you. I listened to you every single week. Couldn't wait for that show to come out. And I was in your community. And I felt that connection to you, the trust, the support of all the ladies. And when you mentioned that you were going to PodFest and you talked about the invitation... I just knew, listen to my intuition, that I had to go. And it scared me so much because I had never gone to any conference unless it was about yoga or meditation or in the same line of my business. So when I showed up, I was so scared that I wasn't going to be included. And I felt very separate. And right away, I was greeted like a family. And to this day, I'll I'll talk about that. But to this day, it is my favorite conference to attend. I showed up and I had a totally different name. I had Get Into It with Tina Conroy. And I got my badge and I walked around. And just so you could know, my Intuit was I-N-T-U-I-T. And you held a mastermind. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. My first mastermind. And everyone kept saying to me as I walked around the conference and they were so nice and they, they greeted me. Matter of fact, I'll always share the story that Glenn the Geek was the first person to greet me. Yeah, of course he was. And he <laughs> was the best welcoming committee. He was, how are you? I felt like I was okay, that I was going to fit in, that this was going to be all right. And I'll always give him credit for just being such the greatest 
welcome committee to this guy with the hat on. And <laughs> and Glenn, if you don't remember past episodes of Biz Women Rock in past podcasting series that I have, he has the Horse Radio Network and has just been a massive advocate and ambassador for PodFest since it began. So yes. And so everyone kept saying, what's your show? What's your show? And I would have to hold the badge up and they would kind of look at it and not really know what I was saying. And they couldn't figure out the name and everybody thought it was connected to accounting or, you know, like a QuickBooks. Right. Like Intuit. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when I showed up at the mastermind, one of the questions was, what is the burning question? And we went around the room and I love that format. I met some really great people in that room. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think I should change the name of my show. That was so scary. That was so scary to me because I was clinging to the name. You know, we cling to things, we have attachment and this was my name. And that's when the intuitive woman was born. I love that. One thing I do remember is that in addition to that realization, like I have to change my brand, you also have this massive transformation where you realize like, I need to officially become a podcaster. I really haven't been a podcaster. I've been doing a radio show through blog talk radio and then formally through spirit chat girls, but like there, and there was a big difference. So was that scary to you to like officially be a podcaster and change into a podcasting format? What did that mean for you? I was terrified. I was basically terrified. I had done live radio back in Spirit Shack Girl days with my girlfriend. It wasn't even internet based. So she would come to my house. I mean, this is, I want you guys to all listen to this. If you're podcasters, you're totally going to relate to this. She would drive over to my house, which was 40 minutes. She would go upstairs on a landline. I would go downstairs on the other phone and we would record on the phone into somehow the computer and we were live. There was no takes, there was no edits, there was nothing. And then it, would go out onto the you know platforms you know iTunes at the time which is now Apple Podcast that was the medium so when i made the switch in my head that i was a podcaster i'm using air quotes i was terrified because what does that look like how do i record i always recorded on a wednesday but it was live i did it and i walked away from it there was no marketing i maybe threw it up on facebook i never could change what i said there was no it it changed everything. I was petrified, petrified. I can't tell you what a difference it was for me to go from live radio to recording. I didn't have a strategy. I didn't have a plan because I really did this. This is another good thing to know. I got into this medium because I thought it would be fun. I got into this because... I wanted to say something with my girlfriend and we were spirit chat girls. We were Reiki masters and yoga teachers and we had guests on and we had a lot of time just just chatting. I mean, literally just talking and talking and talking for an hour. And then Get Into It was another interview-based show, very few solo shows. So I didn't really have a strategy. I just... Whatever I wanted to do. It was like literally throwing spaghetti on the wall. It didn't have branding behind it, really. It didn't have a marketing plan. It didn't have strategy. It had nothing. So podcasting was scary because I didn't know all the steps. And I knew that I wasn't going to edit because that's not my forte. So it was very scary. It felt very big. But I felt very supported when I left PodFest. So I want to kind of fast track through some of those things that you had to go through, which was with that realization like, oh, I'm a podcaster. This is a podcast came. Okay, I need to rebrand. And now I need to think about you know, this recording process. And now I need to actually think about marketing. And now I actually need to think about how am I using this tool 
And what is it for? Because yes, while it's fun, now it's really transitioned from, oh, this little fun little activity that I was doing once a week to I'm actually using this thing. Like it's going to be more than fun. It's something that is a useful tool to get a message out there. So I guess talk to me a little bit about how you managed... Like, do you remember the first time that you were thinking okay, this thing can help me get a message out there. This thing called my podcast can help me get this message out there. And then what do I want that to do? How do I want that to support me? How do I want to bring that into my business? Do you remember? And maybe it wasn't a moment in time, but when you started the unfolding of it and realizing, okay, this thing could actually really support what I'm doing right now. Or maybe the people who are listening can lead into working with me. Like, What was that phase like for you? I think it was a slow progression, honestly. Because when I left, I started to rebrand. So now I had claimed that The Intuitive Woman was the podcast. But then I was claiming that I was The Intuitive Woman and anybody listening to my show was The Intuitive Woman. And so I'll just go back to that because that was a big step for me. The fact that I claimed that... I actually had people, even people in my family say, wait, so you're The Intuitive Woman? And it was like, uh, yeah. Because if I claimed that, if I claimed that title, that I was intuitive and also that people listening, women listening, because ultimately that was another big branding. I was really pushing now and rebranding to women. At this point, it was sort of everybody. Everybody and everybody, right? And we always talk about niche down and niche. So I, at that time, I don't know if you remember this, Katie. I did have a Facebook group. It was small at the time. It was Get Into with Tina Conroy. I had men and women. So I changed the Facebook name. I changed the podcast name and then I started to referring you know, everything and that I'm working with women. And that was a big shift too. So the, everything was, a, I guess, a progression. Exactly, a yeah. progression. I don't think immediately it still made sense that I would make money off the podcast. Mm. I still think in the beginning, even the first six months to a year, it was like, what is this thing? How do I do it? But I do remember because of you, truly because of you, that it could be done. And your strategy, the way you have helped me do that has developed to what it is today. I, I really didn't know. I thought I'd have to go through the sponsor thing and my show wasn't big enough. And by your mentoring, your coaching, your just everything that you do, it gave it possibility, really mm. gave it possibility that I could build the community of now my Facebook group, the people that love and trust me. And now my podcast can monetize the way I want to monetize it, how I can meet people and share people. And it's so exciting because it did take time. But once I wrapped my head around it, it was exciting. I was able to do fun things. And I learned. You learn from the best. So... Well, thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Do you remember that first moment when you realized that you received a client for one of your intuitive programs or you had someone ask you for virtual Reiki or you asked for somebody who was seeking out a reading from you. Do you remember that first time where you got someone into your like a conversation with you because of your podcast or because of your group? I do. So I remember people finding me and then coming into my group. So that was always exciting. But I think about... I want to say maybe two and a half years ago, maybe a little bit more, but two and a half years ago, I remember someone I didn't know that I was on the podcast and I was sharing that I was opened up for business, right? And you you kind of share this back in your podcast. It was, I'm finally open up for business and opening up applications for intuitive coaching. And someone out of the blue from a completely different state, someone that I didn't know, clicked that button, got into my scheduler because of the podcast. And 
I remember thinking, wow, this really works. This actually really <laughs> works. And it was so exciting to me. It was the best time. I had such I have such fond memories because she's she was also just an amazing client. She did some other work with me as well. So she upgraded to some deeper level mentorship programs. And I remember that thinking, I really felt like it was magic. I think we do, even to this day, Katie, I know you'll chuckle, is that I still share with you now, like, guess what? Guess what happened? Like, it's a magical thing. We have a magic wand. And it does feel like magic because when you have everything in place and you have a strategy and you're being authentic and consistent, that was another big thing. I am very consistent. I put a show out every single week. I don't miss weeks. And I also show up every single Friday, almost every Friday. There's very few and far between in my Facebook group for Live at Five. So Live at Five and showing up doing readings in the group supports the podcast. The podcast supports... you know, It all kind of goes hand in hand now. Yeah. I love that. Now... You have, ever since you've really clicked that into place, meaning changed your branding, were able to figure out the tech of like recording an actual show and having a support system behind that, which a little shout out to Danny Osmond with Emerald City Productions, who does your editing as well. He does mine as well. He's amazing. And knowing as the businesswoman that that was something that you could and were totally able to delegate so that you didn't have to put your mind there. And starting to create strategy and getting into the groove of like, yes, this is a tool for my business and seeing that come out. You have since then, and I know this because I've had the privilege of coaching you and working with you for so long that you've really, I mean, honestly, more so than many, many people I know, you have done such a good job with experimenting with your podcast to see how it can best support your business and best support what it is you want to do and how you want to serve. So can you take us through a couple of those ways that you've experimented with your podcast? And mind you that you've been doing this over a couple of years. And so you've had a lot of time to be able to say, let's see if this works. Let's see if this works. Is there a program that I want to offer? Is there an event that I want to offer? Like, Talk a little bit about how you have utilized and experimented with your podcast to support your business. That's a really good topic. So when I had the other live radio shows, they were all, or I would say majority of them were interview. So I would look for guests and, you know, people that were interesting to me and interview them. Far and few between did I have solo shows. When I transitioned to being a podcaster with The Intuitive Woman, I started the same way. I had interview shows. And as much as I love interview shows and I do have them still today... I wasn't highlighting what I was doing. And I was seeing from my community that I experimented. So when I did a solo show and I spoke about a teaching topic, such as, let's say, essential oils or the full moon, the new moon, energy, topics that people were really interested in, they loved it. That was the experiment. So I would do one solo show and then maybe five interview shows and go back and forth. And I kept going to the community. I kept asking my community, do you like the yoga practice? Like I have a few on my podcast, yoga practices. And you and I had spoke about that audio yoga practice, which I thought, who the heck is going to listen to a yoga audio? Because now you could do a video. There's only two or three on the whole podcast, but they're one of my biggest downloads because once you listen, it's pretty basic. 
And there were also a lot of people that had already come to my class, but they could play it over and over again. So it's very downloaded a lot. But I started to experiment. So I now do mostly solo with a few scattered interview. But to take it further, I would have a strategy. So if I was having something coming out, or if I was speaking, I'm speaking more on stage. And that was the other thing. I pivoted my speaking. So I speak in different places. And now instead of just speaking as Tina Conroy, I'll speak as the intuitive woman, Tina Conroy. So I'm leading with my brand. I'm leading with who I am. That was a scary thing to think about. So that has also pivoted. So just the way I think about that, the podcast now, the way I have it is designed to what's going on and what I'm sharing. So I've done a meditation series and there's been many, many meditation series, which people love. And I love giving that. There has been an intuition series, which I just wrapped up not that long ago. And so I can see the vibe. I can see more of the community back and forth. And I can also ask and they can tell me. So those are built in. And now I'm able to share more about my offerings and share more about my workshops and my events and live as well as virtually. One thing that I feel like you do very well is use and leverage the combination of your podcast and your private Facebook group in order to get people to sign up for your live events, for your retreats. And I think, again, knowing you, because I was lucky enough to be on the inside of this, when you did that for the first time, like your own live retreats. So it's worth saying at this point, just as a little bit of a backdrop, that Tina has been for years and years and years, very well-known within her local community in New York. And so she teaches so many yoga classes at the center that she's a part of. She does Reiki sessions there. So she, even before she was doing all of the podcasting work, she had a a very well-known presence and reputation for the local community. And so being able to build an online business where people all over the world now get to access you is really the turning point for you. So as you offered retreats and had been offering like local retreats, you'd been doing that for a while. But I know that Earlier this year, 2019, you had your very first out-of-the-state retreat in Sedona, Arizona. Coming up in November, you have an out-of-the-country retreat in Costa Rica. And you have used heavily your podcast and your Facebook group to be able to draw people and attract people to this retreat. And so talk a little bit about the intention that you had in doing that and how you leveraged your podcast to do that. When I chose to bring in a business model of retreats. So I had been, like you said, I had been doing local retreats, weekend retreats, one-day retreats by myself. And also maybe with some other teachers. I decided to make this really part of my business strategy. And when I teamed up with my sister, to use the podcast was... It was really amazing how it all happened because... To build Sedona and the energy of Sedona behind it, not only did I talk about the retreat coming as well, like a call to action on the podcast, I spoke about planning a retreat. I talked about our feelings around a retreat, what it is to go to retreat. Self-care was big. Around that whole model was about how we put ourselves first as women. We don't put ourselves first and we need to put ourselves first. So building into the retreat, that retreat was booked with 14 women in Sedona in April. And when I was in Sedona, I was able to allow the women to be part of when I got back home, be part of the next cupping episodes to share their experience I had my sister on the show for the very first time to share our experience of building it. And then also 
it was so magical in Sedona that I was able to create two beautiful meditations that I think are one of the top meditations, one of the top meditations, Cathedral Rock and another one in Sedona, which brings you right there. We did a meditation laying on the ley lines in Cathedral Rock in Sedona. So if you've ever been to Sedona and you lay on a rock, it's just amazing. So, and then even after that, and now we're building Costa Rica and Costa Rica is the first out of the country retreat. We have kind of branded Spirit Sisters retreat. So my sister and I, so we have a whole business plan around that. And we're going to work on two retreats a year. So the podcast builds the live retreats because people hear it over and over again. So I'm always, what's the next retreat? What's the next retreat? Getting people to have gone on retreat to express you know, how they were, that's been a big thing. And then just getting, again, feedback of where do you want to go next? So I've done that too. I've done polls on the Facebook group and talked about it on the podcast. And then you know we're already planning for 2020. I love it. I love, love, love it. Tina, ultimately, what do you love most about podcasting? Because you've been doing it in some form for eight years now, almost nine years now. What do you love the most throughout this entire podcasting evolution that you have had? What do you love most about it? I love the most sharing authentically and just showing up. I also do love just being me. You know, just it's just the voice. I mean, really, it's not that complicated. You know, once you get past the microphone and the setup, which is easy, my setup is simple, simple, easy. It's just showing up. And what I love the most is that it's a piece of me that I get to share with so many women and impacting them. But also, it's a facilitator because as a teacher, and I consider myself a teacher... I'm learning each and every day. So by me podcasting and being in people's ears, just like I listen to many podcasts, I know that there's a receiving and a giving. And as I give out, and I'm speaking now and it's an audio form, it's receiving in people's images, their emotions. And that's a big thing for me. It's a giving and receiving. So it's not just one way. It can feel one way. It can feel one way and feel lonely sometimes, but it truly is giving and receiving giving and receiving. And I love the medium. I love audio. I love the medium. I love podcasting. And I'll continue to love podcasting. I'll always be grateful for PodFest. I wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for PodFest. I truly wasn't. And I will be going every single year, every single year that I will be there. So now let's fast forward from 2017 when you showed up for the very first time. And I had the gumption to put you on a women in podcasting panel that year and kind of force you to step into this amazing expert and genius that you are. And I think the following year, I actually stuck you on a, <laughs> on a panel as well. You spoke at Pecha Kucha earlier this year in 2019 and have submitted to speak for PodFest 2020. What would you say is one thing that you're the most proud of as you're about to come to PodFest 2020, knowing how you've evolved as a podcaster, as a businesswoman, as a woman? What would you say that you're most proud of as you are getting ready to attend PodFest 2020? I'm the most proud of having the confidence. I have seen, and this isn't easy for me to say because I am one of these perfection people and always, you know, more, more, more. And, and do I see what I've done? And the confidence of who I am, the confidence to stand up, the confidence to, since 2017, which you 
I was so scared out of my mind. I was like, what is she talking about? I'm going to be on a panel with Katie Kremitzos. I have no... I didn't even have the podcast name. It was still the other name. And speaking 2017 on a panel, speaking on 2018, and then speaking at Pecha Kucha in 2019. I now speak often. I get up and I'm, I can consider myself a speaker and I love it. It's another... It's a, just another evolution of the podcasting world. So yes, I would say that it's confidence. It's the confidence to stand up. It's the confidence to own it. It's the confidence to use your voice. And also, of course, just it's not just one way. Again, I have to say that when I speak and having the confidence, it allows, I think, other women to know what's their gifts, how do they feel good, and, and just lift everybody up. I mean, the whole thing about me working with women is how we can lift each other up, how we can support each other and encourage each other. Because there is so much out there that we're not encouraging each other. And so when we can feel and support another woman, it goes both ways. Tina, I have been so humbled and grateful that I have been alongside you for the vast majority of this journey over all these years. And I can say without a doubt that you are one of the most tenacious, resilient, I'll figure this out, women I've ever met. And I see the podcast as being the road, the mainstay of the road that you have been willing to travel all of these years. And it's so funny that you mentioned perfectionism because I feel like obviously myself and I feel like every woman who is attracted to this podcast feels like there is some level of perfectionism that we have because we want to strive. We want to do really well in all of the pursuits that we have. And so I appreciate you identifying yourself that way because I feel like you listening are probably nodding your head at the fact that you can recognize that in you too. And so I love that you recognize that because choosing to show up when things aren't perfect which is always, and, and being willing to be on this journey has just been such a massive gift for me to see as you've blossomed every single step of the way all of these years. And I love and honor the work that you do through the Intuitive Woman Podcast. And if you currently do not subscribe to that show, please go subscribe to it because it's just phenomenal. And every single one of us has such beautiful intuition and it's about how to how to be more connected to that. And that is so practical for everything in our lives. So please go subscribe to it. But I just want to honor you so much for being here, not only on this particular episode, but in being such an example of how to continue showing up and being willing to figure it out and being willing to stumble and fall and get up again and figure it out to have successes, to honor those successes and to keep on going. It has been such a privilege watching you that whole time and seeing the podcast as this mainstay to help you through that evolution has just been so beautiful. So thank you so much for sharing a little bit about your journey and for the work that you do in this world. And I'm so ridiculously excited to see you at PodFest. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Katie. I am always so grateful for you. 